Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw, and today I bring you Cody Lundine. You feel out of balance in your life, like your family and your work are your priorities, but you don't have enough time in the day, so you're shortchanging them both, not to mention wanting to work out more or, or do more of the things that you love. Are you easily distracted and you want to be able to stay more focused so that you can lock in on the most important things that you know you should be doing? You want to be more consistent so you can achieve those goals that always seem just out of reach. Or maybe you feel like you just lack the motivation that it takes to get there. Or maybe you're just not clear on what the right first step actually is. Like every time you're about to take action, you doubt whether or not it's the right action or the right goal. I know the feeling. I've got a wife and four kids, I have a job, a rental property, this podcast, not to mention the inevitable challenges that just come up with life like you know illness and struggling family members or car trouble. I've got a lot going on, but when I was a Division I All-American athlete, I was completely locked in. I was focused. I was balanced, and I knew exactly what I wanted and the steps that I had to take to get it, but when I got into the real world, things got a lot more complex. There's just a lot more time demands. Like Everything seems to be a priority. How are you supposed to figure out what's the right next step for you? Well, I've developed a system that helps you do just that. Find the balance, the clarity, the focus that you're looking for so you can take your life to the next level. So you can start seeing the dreams that are in your mind as realistic goals and have a plan to achieve them. I've opened a few spots on my calendar for free 30-minute strategy calls so you can take that first step toward the life that you've always dreamed about. Just one simple step, one small commitment that will give you huge results, a simple phone call that will leave you with a plan. If you want this life, if you want to truly have a breakthrough, claim one of the few spots open on my calendar and I'll share with you the formula that has had people who I work with saying things like one of my recent coaching clients, Frank, who said, my only regret is that I didn't do this 20 years ago. Or like Isaac, who said, I love this version of myself the best and I'll do anything to keep it going. I've got dozens more quotes like that. If you want to feel the same way, go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply. That's jimharshawjr.com slash apply. Cody is an internationally recognized professional survival instructor with more than 28 years of hands-on teaching experience. Cody's love of all things self-reliant began as a child with the influence of his homesteading grandparents. The only child of a military family, Cody moved frequently. During these years of migration with no formal base to call home, nature became Cody's constant companion. Today, he is one of the world's leading survival experts and the founder of the Aboriginal Living Skills School. He's been featured in media outlets including the Today Show, History Channel, Dateline NBC, CBS News, USA Today, The New York Times, Good Morning America, Newsweek, Fox News, and CNN, just to name a few. There's many others. Uh, And in July of 2009, Cody was handpicked to co-host the hit Discovery Channel show, Dual Survivor, in which he starred for four seasons. And for the listener, if you don't have time to listen to this entire episode, or if you hear something you like, but you don't have a chance to write it down, make sure you grab your free copy of The Action Plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jim. Been following you for a lot of years, and then uh, a friend of mine signed up for your course, The Desert Drifter, and I was just uh, I was just fascinated by that entire experience, and uh, so really excited to bring you onto the show and, and share your message with my audience. So, you, Cody, you live this amazing life, and, and that that you know has now come to be, and and I talked a little bit about your upbringing your background, but can you fill in a little bit of the gaps? Like how did you, how did you become such a survival expert and, and, and where did this all come from? 
Well, it's it's a long, boring story. I, mean, I would be a lot sexier if I said I was raised by two wolves in the backcountry, <laughs> but that that wouldn't be true. It's just I've always had a passion with doing more with less, and I uh, literally been doing that since I was a teenager, and that gradually morphed into a business. And it was a business not essentially uh, to make money at first. It was a business just based on a personal passion that morphed into what it is now. And that uh, the reason for that morphine is, a, as you were probably aware, a hell of a lot of hard work and um, never giving up on what my core principles were to be. You know, Because, again, at the end of the day, what I do is I, I deal with people's safety for a living. So there can't be any compromises when you're dealing with people's safety, albeit uh, the compromises are out there big time. So that's the that's the short version. The long version is a shitload of work, pardon my language, and not giving up and, and trying to be as best I can at my craft and ha- trying to do it with integrity. You mentioned living by these core principles that you have. Um, I think a lot of people struggle in the world because they don't know necessarily what those things are, what they really stand for, what their passion is. But it sounds like you found that at a young age and you built a business around that. Um, how did I mean? How did what, how did that start? Was it with the Aboriginal Living Skills School, or what was the sort of first iteration of that business? Oh, the first iteration of the business was just loving the outdoors and wanting to share that with others, and then things progressed. And it's it's interesting to back up with what you said earlier. If you haven't found your passion, then you, you need to do that. Not meaning not meaning you. I mean your listeners. So as far as being successful, that's that's a wild card word about what that means. I mean, to me, a person successful, once they've found their passion, and usually the financial resources come after that, from my experience. But even if they don't, to the golden castles everyone dreams about, you'll find that if you are following your bliss and following your passion and can make even a living out of that, that you're well ahead of most of the population that are working shitty jobs that they hate um, for most of their life uh, for money. So to me, it's important that um, I I firmly believe everyone has a gift to give on this planet, and they need to have the courage to follow that. And if they don't, then that's where the problems first arise. And you have someone that after 40 years, they've worked at a job they hated, and and they're just now coming to that realization. and, And life is short, you know? So you know, I understand the gist of this podcast, and, and it's really in the line with finding your passion, because when you find your passion, not that there's not a lot of struggle in doing that, um, because usually it involves swimming upstream. It's easy to be complacent and float downstream the way society wants us to float, because it's good for the economy or whatever the hell the excuse is. But to actually follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell used to say, it takes a lot of balls to do that, and sometimes... It takes a lot of muscle power to swim upstream, but that that's first. So to me, that was first. I love doing this. I wanted to share it with others. And because that natural passion is, is what was instilled within me with this skill set, then it made it easier to do the work that I told you that we all are, understand is required in any business to get anything done. But to have no passion and work your ass off for some whatever the hell it is, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Cody, there are a lot of people who are listening to this and saying, okay, I've got this passion. I know what it is, but I'm stuck in a job because this is just kind of the path that I led. You know, I, I graduated from high school. I went to college. I got a job and then I got married and I bought a house and I have kids and, 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 you know, they just kind of find that they, they just kind of follow this, this path that, you know, life just sort of, like you said, you, you follow the current, right? You follow the stream as opposed to swimming against the current or, or upstream, you know, I think about what you do and I never, you know, just having watched your, the discovery channel show, the dual survivor show, uh, I never saw you as a businessman, right? I never really thought of you as Cody, the businessman, you go barefoot and everywhere and every, every climate and environment in on the planet. And, and, but, but you've taken this passion. I mean, did you, I mean, do you see yourself as a businessman? Did you do businessman type, business person type things? Like, obviously, you have a website <laughs> now, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But, but how did? Because there's a lot of people going like, I want to do that. I want to follow my passion, but I feel like I have to build a website and I have to do this and I have to do that and have a PR and write a book. And and you've done some, you know, have a book and website and what. But like, what was that? 
path like for you? It seems to me like you, the biggest part of that was you, you lived it. Is that right? Um, yeah. And everyone has their own story. And your original question was, okay, you've got your listeners out there and they've made a path and maybe that path wasn't what they would have chosen, but they did what they did. You know, whether it was wife, kids, dog, picket fence or whatever it was, and that's fine. Um, but if they're not happy, that's not fine. And I'm not saying ditch your wife and your kids and sell the home. But what I'm saying is if, if you think, and I, when I say you, I mean your listeners, not you sure. literally. If your listeners... Is, if your these listeners are lessons think, for me too, though. But the, yeah, keep going. This is great. Well, if your listeners think that, oh, well, I've, I guess it's the way it is, it's bullshit. You know, it's just another cop-out excuse. You know, you got to take baby steps sometimes. It doesn't mean that if you love a conventional lifestyle as an accountant and that you want to do wild water rafting trips as an instructor, that it's going to be an easy switch. It's not, but it depends on what you want. It depends on what your listeners want. And the one thing I've keyed in on is if your motives are altruistic, remember that word, altruistic, mm. you know, where you actually cared about others and you really wanted to be of service to life then the doors will open where there were no doors. You know, so it depends what you want to do. If you want to make a shitload of money just to make the money and whatever, then it might be a rougher road or maybe it won't be. But if you're out there, if your listeners are out there and want to do something, and usually uh, what I find is helping other people makes people happy on some innate level, and you can still make money. Yes, I consider myself a businessman. It's debatable how effective I am as a businessman. <laughs> But of course I run a business and I'm, I'm, and I want to make money and I'm interested in income. There's nothing wrong with that. And I went through years thinking there was something wrong with that. So for me and my background, that was the first hurdle is thinking money was fucking evil and then realizing that that's why I didn't have any, <laughs> you know, because if you think something is bad, of course you're not going to attract it to your life per se. So I had to go through a major head shift about realizing that money was a tool and that it's a valuable tool and it can help me achieve my dreams about helping other people stay alive. Yeah. So, you know, if your listeners are out there, they've forged their destiny, they've forged their path, and they've done that with intention, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe it was just totally floating downstream. My point is, there's many paths in life, and if you want to choose a different path, then do it. But don't expect overnight results, and make sure there's not a lot of c collateral damage. You know, if there's other people involved in the life that you've woven so far, that has to be taken into account. And you've made that decision as, 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 a, as a leader of your life in the past. And that has to be honored to a certain extent. Again, you know, you're not going to say, sorry, I had these kids and I really wish I didn't have these kids and I'm going to go on my own way. There has to be some integrity um, about it. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not, I don't claim to be a living example. It's been and I, I put a lot of uh, work into this, but, you know, I, I believe that people want to do the right thing if they want to follow their passion, if they think that serves others in some other way and it makes them happy, then there's nothing that can stop you, period. So I'm hearing three different themes that I just want to break down for the listener that we just talked about here that, that, that Cody alluded to is, number one, if you know your passion, if you know what your, your principles are, then failure and adversity and obstacles and setbacks, they become, they're smaller or they're just, they're just, they're bumps in the road. They're, they're part, they, those things don't change what's important to you. Those failure and adversity doesn't change what your core principles are. They don't change what your passion is. So when you're living, living by those things, then you can power through failure. You look at people who have powered through failure, powered, powered through adversity. And these are the people I have on my podcast and they tend to have principles they live by. They tend to know what, the, know what they're, they're passionate about. And the second thing that Cody just talked about was service, serving others, loving others, helping others, giving and caring. And when you do that, doors open. And the third thing that I heard is there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. And I know I grew up in a home, Cody, where blue collar home and and parents work, you know, work their fingers to the bone, and and they gave my my sisters, my and, and me, just everything we ever needed. Um, but there was this sort of mindset that 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 money, you know, if you have a lot of it, it's a bad thing. So it sounds like you went through a transformation there. How did that happen? What was that transformation like? And was it something specific that you did, or was it reading that you did? What what was it that that helped you have that transformation, Cody? 
that's a good question, but I went to an alternative college where um, it was alternative in the sense that <laughs> there was a lot of people that were attending there at the time that their parents were fairly wealthy and would uh, uh, not only pay for the college, but also pay for the, the vehicle they were driving, et cetera. So I grew up in that aspect kind of jaded because I was literally living in the woods in a brush shelter called a wiki up and on food stamps a couple of times and doing whatever I could to like paint the book lady's office on campus and lay her carpet and trade for books for school. And so I had life kind of sucked financially for me in college, but I was going to a college that had a lot of rich kids, frankly. And so that wasn't any help to my money is evil type thing. And I'm not sure how I spun out of that. It took several years to spin out of that. And most of your listeners probably don't have that a problem <laughs> that I had. Um, but I, however I pulled out of that, it wasn't a book. I'm not, you know, you know, it's not like I'm reading Dr. Phil or something like that. It was just over time realizing that, that monetary funds were a tool. And like any tool, whether it's a knife or a gun or a pencil, it's the user that determines how that tool is used. And when I realized I wanted to do uh, better things and, and bigger things um, uh, and, and help people stay alive, frankly, and survive as a business, because we both know, oh, I don't give a shit how passionate you are about something. Unless you're a philanthropist and are already rich, unless you can make a living at that passion, it doesn't mean shit as far as trying to make a living. And that's the bottom line is how can I make a living doing what I love? And so there had to be, something had to give, right? If I was going to accept money for my services, something changed probably called survival about how do I buy food, you know, and, and how do I not work for someone else and be self-employed? And it was probably a natural progression, but I don't have any fancy answer for that. But I, I, I'm totally okay with, with making money at this point and, you know, however much that I can make. And I consider it kind of, Another unique goal, Jim, um, being self-employed and doing such a weirdo profession that if I do make money, it kind of blows people away because they're surprised. And by that blowing people away, maybe it inspires other people to realize, well, God, if he can make a living doing that, maybe I can do this over here. And I've seen that happen. I've had clients come to courses that have gone back after a course and quit their job or have taken a job or have gone back to school based on hanging around at our school and, and, and being out in the wilderness and having her as the main teacher and just kind of settling uh, and shaking off the crap that, that gets stuck to us about what modern society decrees we think that it thinks we should do and finding who they are again. And for me, there's really no better way to find out who you are than, than nature than to being out in the wilderness because there's just no bullshit with her. She is what she is. Either do what she says or you die. You know, so there's no mamsy pams in around. And I've seen time after time after time, students go out into the field that come back and literally give up drugs or alcohol or get a divorce or get married. It's made some major life decisions for them. Just being able to download what's important to them by stilling their mind and stilling their body and not having these distractions called nature. You know, in other words, nature took over their persona and helped them think straight and make these decisions that are impossible to make in an urban environment or so it would seem. You know, I mentioned a little bit before the show that I went camping uh, by myself just overnight. Uh, that was my Father's Day gift, actually, uh, recently. And, and it was just, it's something that I've always loved to do. I always loved to be in nature. I grew up hunting and fishing. I led adventure camping tours. I backpacked through Central America. And, and that is the kind of stuff that, that just feeds me. And I, and I live in this world, and we all do, so many of us do anyway. Maybe not you, Cody, but most of us do live in this world where we're just surrounded by the opposite of that, right? And, and it was just so, uh, it, it's, you know, I hadn't gone camping solo by myself uh, for, for over 10, more than 10 years, and it just felt so good to be out there by myself. I kayaked up this, this stream that fed into this reservoir and, and found a spot on the, on the shore, and I just threw up my hammock, and I had a, uh, and just had a bonfire and fishing, and, and it was me, and it was it, and it was just nature, and it, was, it felt so good. It felt so good to be recharged out there, and this morning, 
I dropped my daughter off at a horse camp. It's like a horseback riding camp for the week. And she's eight and she's so excited. But it was like a four mile drive down this, uh, down this, this gravel path road. And I, it's such a, it, it's such a small thing. It's a tiny thing. It, but, but I felt so good being there, dropping her off, spending some time at this horse farm and driving for four miles, just past farms and just in this, on this, this basically a path. And it was, it was, it felt so good. Right. And so, so many people miss that. Right? I mean, do you feel that I mean this is obviously a loaded question with a, with with somebody like you, Cody, but why should people do that? Why should people reconnect with nature? Maybe they're not the type who who grew up camping or grew up outdoors doing that kind of thing, but but why do you feel like people need that in their lives? Or do they? Well, uh, b- because we all came from there. I mean, there's it's not a uh, it's if it's not connected, it's called disconnected. And I don't mean people need to go out into the back country and, you know, hike the, the Teton mountains, but I do believe, and, and what I've witnessed, I'm just telling you what I've seen over the years. This is my 27th year at doing what I do. And what I've seen over the years is a lot of people that come from a lot of cities all over the world that are changed by going out into the woods, you know, whatever that means. But it doesn't mean necessarily you need to go out into the woods. It might be just, hey, let's let's have a room in our house that has a bunch of house plants, something natural. I understand about mm-hmm. cities, and I understand it might be hard to find nature in cities. And I'm not interested in people like, well, let's be like Cody. You know, you're not going to like it. You know, I have a fairly dull life. <laughs> it's fairly routine. It's not very sexy. I work most of the time. I'm a workaholic, but I love what I do, and that's the difference. But I do think it's important for people to get still and to have some aspect of whether it's a house plant or a room full of plants or they go to the park or whatever. And what that does is it seems to reset the human psyche. It seems to reset people's psychology when they go out and in, into a natural environment, whatever that means. And I think that's important. Why do I think it's important? I think it's important because everything is based off that. All the decision-making, all your judgment calls, you know, who you are as a person, your stress level, your health. My God, you know, it's like if people are so wound up tight that if you unwind a little bit and let, let uh, some space in between the breaths, then you make better decisions. You, you make better relationship decisions. <clears throat> you make, make better business decisions. And frankly, they'll probably be happier and, and make more money, too. Because you're making better decisions, your judgment is more acute, and all the, the, the stuff that needs to be washed away gets washed away. The confusion and the chaos that just kind of hang around people in urban environments. And I think that's important. And it, it's not like I'm not some hippie hug a tree. I'm just talking about your listeners and, and their health, essentially. Not just their physical health, but their mental health. And, and if, if people know, essentially... Eventually, they know if they're happy or not, and a lot of people just fake it. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. You know, uh, that, 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 that's a loaded uh, answer that doesn't really mean anything. But if people don't take the time to assess if they're serving life to their full potential, that's a mistake. You know, because then, you know, they wake up on some deathbed or whatever and realize, shit, I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. And, and, and I'm not railing on your listeners or anyone out there who's not following their bliss. And I don't mean to make it sound like it's easy. And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of self-help books. And I think there's a lot of bullshit out there in that field. But if people were just fucking honest with themselves, if they were just honest with themselves and the people around them, a lot of this stuff would just naturally clear up. A lot of it would clear up. You'd have the clarity you're looking for without the $100 an hour therapy bills or whatever it is. <laughs> And you can move on. Uh-huh. And, then if, and then to have the clarity, then you can have the courage to come in and make the change. And it's scary. It's really scary to be self-employed in a sketchy business with a bunch of bills coming in and whatever. You know, people think, oh, you have a simple life and you have no stress. And that's bullshit. You know, I work with the Forest Service. I work with government bureaucracies. I have to have outfitter and guide insurance. There's a lot of paperwork with what I do for my idyllic life where I just go barefoot all over the place and just play <laughs> a flute or whatever. You know? 
that's not the reality. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm okay with the workload. I, I, I enjoy the workload because it, it, the resistance is like training at the gym. If you don't have resistance, you don't build more muscle mass. So that natural resistance is healthy, I think, for people to push on through and grow as a person. Chaos is not. Constant chaos is trying to tell you that you're fucking up on some point down the line if you care to listen and put down the, the Prozac or whatever else you're on to get you through that time. But I think really what this podcast is about, in my mind, is stark honesty with who we are as people and the courage to make that change, to make us better and to realize that failure is part of the package. I have a folder of rejection letters and I keep my rejection letters because I read this thing or something with this author that, you know, the lady that did Harry Potter, she was rejected by all the major publishers who are now crying. The Beatles were rejected several times with all these people who are still crying about that. I mean, no one really knows what to hit. If people knew what was a hit in television, then every show would be a hit. So people are all flying by the skin of their pants and yet no one really is, is, is honest enough to admit that we really don't know. We really don't know if it's going to be a best-selling book or a hit television show. I really don't know if this new venture, business venture is going to make it, you know, and, and uh, it is what it is. Yeah, for the listener, I want you to go back right now, hit, hit rewind on this podcast and listen to the last three to five minutes of, of what Cody just said there about getting out into nature getting clarity, finding that clarity that you want. And, and you'll find so much of that out there. That is where we came from. And, uh, and man, what a, what a great action item for, uh, for everybody here is to, to get out in nature. I mean, shoot, even talked about, you know, if you can't get out, just, just have a room in your house that has plants. I mean, you know, minimum effective dose, get something, get a taste of it. Uh, Cody, you talked about failure and rejection can you share a moment in your career or in your life where you failed or where you, you felt that failure, you felt the, that hopelessness or that, you know, that, that terrible feeling that, that despair that comes from, from failure and maybe how you move through that. Yeah. I mean, which, which one do you want to talk about? <laughs> there are dozens <laughs> of them, you know, so let, let me, um, God, um, let's see. There was a couple times in, in my career where I don't think things were working out financially. This is all I can remember. In other words, I wasn't making a living. Things weren't panning out. And it happened to me a couple times um, in my survival school. And I was at the point where I was ready to quit and do something else. And I don't remember all the specifics of these. There were several years ago. But I remember the feeling, and we all do, right? The feeling about shit. You know, maybe this isn't going to work out, and, 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 you know, what should I do now? And essentially what I did is I just asked, you know, whatever. I mean, I just asked. I don't want to get woo-woo with this, but I, um, I just, you know, everyone has their own path or not um, about trusting something bigger than themselves, whether it's a tree or, or whatever, you know, yeah. um, even an atheist has a path. An atheist has hopefully someone that they think is, is someone that they could mentor them, right? If it's not a deity, then they have their Uncle Frank, you know, who's awesome or whatever. Sure. And I asked, do you want me to continue doing this? You know, here's what I do. I'm okay with doing it. It feels great. But if, if I'm not going to be supplied with the money to make a living, then I need to do something else. And within a week or two of asking that and being really down and dirty, being emotionally raw, you know, where you're not just asking it and then going to have a Starbucks. Now you're asking <laughs> it and, and really thinking, oh, crap. And within one or two weeks after asking that, my business immediately started to pick up. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll keep yeah. doing this. So I, I think it's okay if, if your listeners have a passion and, and, they, and they go through and it doesn't work out, that's okay. You know, what's not okay is if you have a passion and you never explore it. That's not okay. You know, because you, you didn't explore it. 
exploring your passion doesn't mean it's going to work out. It just means you had the courage to explore that passion. And maybe that's what all it was about is for you to get your nose wet in that area. It doesn't mean that it'll be raining hundred dollar bills and that, you know, um, and everything is going to be groovy, but I do think it's important if your listeners have a strong drive to do something that they've thought about, then they should exploit every opportunity to try to do that. Because that, in, in my aspect, is the universe's way of, of, of when we come on this planet, we're all given these gifts. And if you don't use the gifts, you're wasting that opportunity. But the outcome is what screws people because they think the outcome is always going to be roses. Don't worry about the outcome per se, unless it's like what I just said. Okay, I'm not making a living. I've got to go back to making burgers or whatever it is. But to not touch that, that passion and to try to pursue that dream, I would call that a mistake. You know, and it's one that can be corrected. You know, so the thing, all the things we've been talking about. But again, people are fixated on the end result. And, and they're, they're not willing to go through the process. Everyone loves to eat vegetables out of the garden, but very few people want to pull the weeds. And if you're not <laughs> willing to quote. pull the weeds and realize that, and they realize that shit, the tomatoes didn't come up, then at least you tried to plant the tomatoes. And that counts. Because what that does, because one of the things my courses do is they, they make people more confident in what they can do. And some of that confidence comes through failure. And that's the way it works if you choose to look at it in that respect, where the so-called failures are just are, are making you stronger to then either do it smarter the next time or realize, wow, you know, I won't touch them anymore. It hurts. The flesh burns. So I'm really big on people at least giving them, because we are talking about people's essence. We're talking about why they came here on this planet. And the reason, the seed, like that seed that makes the tomato plant, if you come here with a strong passion that you've always wanted to do something, then the chances are high that you're given, you're given extra help in that arena to try to make that happen. Otherwise, you wouldn't have that strong passion. And that's where the doors fly open as soon as you commit to it. And, and someone realizes, wow, you know, I had this great opportunity. I've always wanted to do this. So if someone has a strong passion, the chances are there that the tools are waiting at your disposal to help activate that, just like the tomato seed turns into a plant. And then hopefully it bears fruit, but sometimes it doesn't. But you have to be okay with that on some level and then be able to switch gears. And that gets back to focus on the process, not the outcome, which is a message that I've shared before on this podcast is focusing on, on the process and enjoying the process and, and understanding the process is a gift and the outcome you know, it, it may come, it may come in a way that you could never have imagined. Um, but knowing that, you know, I just, you know, I really believe that, that, that everything. I'll contradict you and me. I'll contradict you and me on that point. I do focus on the results that I want. Hmm. Well, Cody, you just said you didn't. Well, I know, but, hmm. but every, every coin has two sides. So I think it's important to manifest something to focus on what you want, but to have what you want you have an intention, you have a mental picture of it like a cup, and you fill it with emotion and the passion. That's what makes the manifestations, basic manifestation. So it's important to have a picture, but don't get attached and devastated like you said, if all of a sudden the cup has two handles instead of one. Because really, Jim, I don't really know what's best for me. Really? Do I really know what's best for me in this big world of all these variables? Probably not. There's some force that does, and I want to attune into that. So I do have the vision. I hold the vision, and I try to manifest that vision. But I'm aware that at the end of the day, there's a higher authority that might tweak that and make the cup blue instead of green. I want to share a quick story to to make this, to to help the, the listener understand this. So, and this is, you know, my world is through this lens of wrestling, right? That's what I spent my first 30 years of my life doing as a competitor and a coach. Um, and, and actually, I should say 30 of my first 36 years. And, and when I finally, I, I had this vision of, of becoming a division one, all American, actually a national champion. And I, and, and that was this vision that I had, right? I had this, this idea, this is what I wanted. I want to be standing on top of the podium and, and, and I had that, right? And I, and I could, 
you know, I didn't really understand what, what manifestation meant then, right? But I would, I would actually experience it and feel it. I remember driving across the interstate between wrestling camps in the summer, between my junior and senior year in college, and, and actually feeling it, living it, and believing it, and, and actually being that person right now who won the championship. And, and, then, and you have that in one hand, and then you have to almost let that go, just give it up to the world, up to God, up to whatever you, you believe in, and then focus on that process. So you have, you have that vision, and, and then you focus on, on that process, the day-to-day, the grind, the hard work that Cody talked about, that, the, the challenges, the, the adversity, the setbacks, the failures, those are all lessons, those are all gifts that move you toward that, that initial vision that you had. No, that's perfect, and that's exactly what I mean, you know. Yep. Cody, where do you live now, and, and what tell us what your home is like. My homestead is, um, I have a school in town, but my homestead is uh, far away from town, and it's a past the solar earth home, and what that means is it's embedded into the side of a hill facing solar south, which is what we do in our hemisphere if you want free energy from the sun, and it has a right uh, it has right orientation, thermal mass, and insulation. And those are three main qualities you'd want in a structure to be off the grid, or if you're on the grid as well, to help it thermoregulate its own temperature. And what I mean by that is that this country spends about a third of its energy bill making everyone's home room temperature, 72 degrees. So, And that's one of the biggest causes of death in the outdoors is hypothermia, a drop in uh, core body temperature or hyperthermia, a raise in core body temperature. And so I wanted to design a home that would regulate its own core temperature um, with, with not having to do anything. So in other words, my home is room temperature in the wintertime. And yes, we have winter in this part of Arizona. And I don't burn wood. I, I have an old tiny wood cook stove that I've never even hooked up. Um, and it's only been 18 years or whatever it's been. Huh. But I don't burn any wood to keep warm in the wintertime, and I don't do anything but open windows at night to keep cool in the summertime. And the reason that my house regulates its own temperature is because I've cooperated with nature. Here we go again, back, back with nature. And I've, I've, I've done what I needed to do for my bioregion, because I'm not in Alaska, I'm not in Florida, I'm in Arizona, dealing with light orientation, which way the house is faced to get free energy from the sun, thermal mass, which is like a flywheel, which soaks up short radiation from the sun and lets it out as long wave during the night. The same principle with Adobe construction. And insulation, which is dead airspace, which keeps the cocoa hot and the Kool-Aid cold. So I've combined those three qualities into a structure that now works for me. I don't have to screw around and pay a bunch of bills and look at a job I hate to make my home comfortable. My home works for me because I've paid attention to the natural environment that it sits in, and I've cooperated with that. Most people build a house, it's a box, they plug in the box to the wall called the grid, and it runs just fine unless the grid cord's cut. But they don't think anything about the environment that home is in, and thus what it needs to operate. If it was off the grid, is it hot out? Is it cold out most of the time? Does it rain a lot? Is it windy here all the time? And these things you need to pay attention to if you're going to build, certainly if you're going to camp, right? If you're going to camp, people feel pain immediately if they choose a shitty camp spot. But when you build a home, as long as you're willing to pay absorbent utility bills, you can eke on by down in the Sonoran Desert and be just fine um, with a $400 cooling bill, you know, in your crappy home that's not designed for the environment. So my home regulates its own temperature. Um, I uh, catch rain, I pose waste, et cetera. And I, I've basically, I've tried to mimic nature in my environment to the best of my ability that allows me to live more comfortably long-term and, frankly, to pay a lot less bills. And this goes back to, I want to share this with the listener, you think about how hard it is to do or how hard it might be to get from where you're at to maybe where you want to be, And right? There always is a way, Right. Cody's found a way. I mean, this is not your way or my way or anybody else's way. This is, you know, so what is your way? What is your path from where you're at to where you want to be? And what are the things that you have to create or you want to create along the way? And just, uh, just hearing about your home, Cody, is just, just, uh, it's fascinating. I would love to, to, 
to check that out someday. I don't. Is there any uh, video or anything like that online of uh, of your home? There's. I have it in my second book, and there's a little bit of, I think, on my website, a little bit very old stuff. It's been you know years since those videos have been out there, and eventually maybe there'll be some more stuff. But um, um, basically, um, if people want to know more about a passive solar home, I mean, it, 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 again, it depends on their bioregion. And if you want to do a passive solar home in Seattle, Washington, I would say don't do it. You know, yeah. you, I, I've done, like you said, this is not a like, let's be like Cody and let's whatever. You're going to crash and burn doing that because my passion's not yours. So the important thing is that, like we talked about with the tomato seed, is everyone has their own way to work through this stuff. They just need to have the courage and think smart and figure out the way that they need to do it. It's the same with building a home. If we were building a home in Florida, I would do things different than I would do in Arizona, which I would do things different if I was doing it in Washington State. So you have to to take into account the differences of, of us as people and the environments that we're in right now and, and what the reality is of making change. And that's okay. That's called truth. And if there's no truth, then there's no permanent result anyway. And everyone has to dial in what works for them. Um, and not try to copy someone else because that's their path, not yours. And everyone has their own path to follow. Like we said at the, at the beginning of this, it really is just the motivation. Do you have the balls and the courage to do something about it? Whether it's baby steps or a big leap. Cody, what do you eat on a normal day? I mean, do, are we going to bump into you at the grocery store? Uh, do you completely live off the land? Is it somewhere in between? Tell us, tell us about your well, diet and what you well, eat. Somewhere in between. I, I hunt and gather routinely at the grocery store. It's a wonderful place to hunt and gather. Um, things are usually dead. You don't have to chase them down. Yeah, They're pre-skinned and sometimes pre-cooked. So um, I go to the grocery store on a routine basis at this point in my life. My missing link is growing produce. I, I had a garden years ago that just got too busy to, to upkeep that. And I eat quite a bit of protein because I like to train. And uh, usually um, I, I like sugar a lot and I abuse that at certain times of the week, hmm. but mostly it's a pretty a bland diet of steel cutouts and, and whole eggs and uh, tuna or chicken or some other fish with, you know, kale and vegetables and, you know, sprouted bread. It's pretty, pretty routine, pretty whole food. I don't eat much processed food at all. And, but it's not like I'm a health nut about it. I just, I just feel better when I eat those certain types of food. You mentioned you like to train. Uh, what kind of training do you do? I mean, y- you look pretty jacked. Uh, do you work out? Do you train? What are you training for? Yeah, I like to train, and I'm just training for me. And I was training for um, you know things that are important to me in my life, and I teach survival skills. So I'm teaching people how to keep their body alive, and you don't bring the pinto to the car race. <laughs> you know, so I have to maintain a level of physical fitness to one, you know, keep up with clients and to deal with things if there's emergency. And, you know, again, you know, I think body fitness, whatever that means for the individual, because I've had people that are, that have certain handicaps and we find a way to work around those handicaps um, uh, for, for most purposes, but being uh, reasonably physical, physically fit is, is a huge thing, not just for physical health, but for mental health and emotional health as well. Yeah. Cody, my listeners like to walk away from these episodes with concrete action items, something they can do in the next 24 to 48 hours to start moving towards their goals and maybe maybe more in the context of, of what we talked about here, either moving towards their goals or, or more moving towards a more um, self-reliant lifestyle. Um, anything you could suggest or that you typically do suggest to individuals who, who kind of look at the way you live and say, I want to take one step towards that? Well, um, the original way that I took your question was what, what your listeners can do. And what I would say to them is find whatever it does uh, a place where they can get still and quiet for a bit and figure out what they want to do first. And again, I've mentioned my big nature pitch about her being, whether it's a park downtown or whatever, but figure out what you want. If you know there's something gnawing at you that you haven't quite fulfilled yet, try to get still and, and quiet the monkey mind a bit where you can get downloaded some, some steps of action. 
you can't have steps of action when you're a psychological mess. So the first step to answer your question is to get still and whatever that means and, and clear yourself out, clear your head to then realize what those steps of action need to be. And those will be custom for every person out there. Yeah. Get still. Love it. That's in, and, and for the listener who's been listening for a while, you know, I talk about the productive pause and this is just another example of that pause of hitting the pause button. It's that short period of focus reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind. And you heard it straight from the horse's mouth, straight from Cody, get still and you can find that clarity. Cody, how about a tool that you might recommend uh, to help people be be more effective in their life? Or maybe just something that, that you've used. Maybe it's a technology. Maybe it's something otherwise. Some kind of tool. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a, a technology. Maybe it's a supplement. I, I don't know. Maybe anything that, that you feel uh, has helped you be more effective or something that you use on a regular basis. Be honest and have integrity. Mm. You'll, you'll find out there's no need to spend money on that but it might cost you some money or it might bring you money. But if there's no honesty and integrity, then nothing else really matters. goes back to what Cody talked about earlier, service, you know, caring for people and giving. And uh, that's awesome. So, Cody, let's wrap up with this. How can the listener find you, follow you, read your books, get in touch with you, look at the courses? You have a bunch of different courses. Take a minute and tell us all about where we can find you and, and even what you offer. Sure. Yeah, what I do, Jim, is I teach modern outdoor survival skills, which is like what happened if if the, the Jeep you were driving broke down in the mountains and it started to lightly snow. It involves search and rescue. It's 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 real. It's like the it's like the lost day hiker gone bad where you're dealing with search and rescue and other modern means to get out of that situation. I, I teach primitive living skills, which is catching fish with their hands and making fire with sticks and all the stuff because of crap TV shows that people think they should be doing out in the woods, which is not true. The context, the context is off. I teach urban preparedness uh, without the zombies. We can talk about zombies if you want, but you know what, what happens if the grid burps and you know, where do I go to the bathroom? How do I do that safely? Sanitation, hygiene, communications, you know, how do I heat my home um, when it's off the grid or cool the home when it's off the grid? And then a little bit about homesteading because I live on one. So those are the four main genres of self-reliance training that I teach at my school, um, the Aboriginal Living Skills School, which I founded in 1991 here in Prescott. My website address is My name is And on that is attached to Facebook and Instagram and whatever and all the social media stuff that I should do more of. Uh, my books, my first one, uh, 98.6 Degrees, Art of Keeping Your Ass Alive, was uh, um, on modern survival, in other words, a survival kit and what, what people should do when they go out into the backcountry, even if it's on a simple day hike, and the dangers of hypo and hyperthermia and dehydration and, and how to get the hell out of that situation with you and people you care about. My second book, When All Hell Breaks Loose, Stuff Me to Survive When Disaster Strikes, is about that grid burp down. You know, whether it's an ice storm or a hurricane or a tornado or you know, civil unrest or whatever. It's how do I dial in my home where I'm at right now without running off to the woods? And what do I really need? And for Americans, the needs are very hard to separate from the wants. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and so, so we distill, you know, um, what's important in an urban or rural or just how I'm a person living on planet Earth lifestyle in that second book. And those are available at bookstores or whatever, God help me, Amazon and, and, and whatnot. But that's the way to get a hold of me, and my courses are offered pretty much April to October, and I have a new calendar coming out each October for the following year. Excellent. For the listener, I will have everything that Cody just mentioned there in the action plan, so you can go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. I'll have links to his website, links to all of his social media there, and you can find it, as well as links to his Amazon page uh, or where you can find his books elsewhere. Cody, this was absolutely Incredible. Thank you for making time to come on the show. Thanks for having me, Jim. And for the listener, as always, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success.
Don't forget what I talked about before the interview. If you want to find balance, clarity, and focus, take the next step and go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply. Space on my calendar is very limited, so claim your spot now. jimharshawjr.com slash apply. Thank <laughs> you.